0: The hits just keep on coming if you're an Ole Miss Rebel football fan, and we'll tell you exactly why and how right after this. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making um, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. I just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Hope everybody's enjoying their week. Let's go ahead and get started. With Cam Beaver Beaver's from Bay Springs, Mississippi, a defensive lineman in the 2024 class, committing to Ole Miss. I'm very excited about that. He's a top shelf player. He he is a good player. He's somebody that's in the right around the top 100 in the country. He's rated at third or fourth in in Mississippi. He's out of Bay Springs, Mississippi. He's a 300 pound defensive lineman. And if you look at these highlights, you can tell that He doesn't look 300 pounds, he holds it extremely well. He's this is a big time pickup for the Ole Miss football team, mainly because this is this defensive line class in Mississippi is important. And with the commitment of Jeffrey Rush and Cam Beavers already in the boat, two top 200 players in the boat, you can move on to I don't know what to the main course that has a chance to have an unbelievably special class in the state of Mississippi. Because Camarian Franklin, still out there. Jamonte Waller, still out there. Two players that Ole Miss is really, really high on. And somebody that I think Ole Miss is going to get one of them. So with the advent of Cameron Beavers, with Jeffrey Rush, defensive line and recruiting in 2024 at this point is going fantastically. Now everybody can kind of put their attention on that last piece, whether it's Waller or Franklin or even both, and try and let that happen as well. Cameron Beavers, um, you know, he's 152 in the 247 composite. He is, um, like I said, right around there. I kind of clicked off of that. I had it saved, but um, went there to the 24-7 things on there instead. But you can see down below exactly where he sits and on three ESPN rivals and 24-7 where they sit on the consensus. He's a consensus 137 recruit nationwide and fourth in the state of Mississippi. No a weird thing I was looking at whenever I was going through trying to find stuff for this segment is how little Mississippi State is appearing right now in like the top 10. In the state of Mississippi, if you look at the on three consensus and do the state ranking, it's basically Ole Miss is the in-state school and then out-of-state schools are coming in for some of these major prospects because there's a lot of four stars that are living right now in this class um, for Ole Miss and for the state of Mississippi. So we've told you over and over again, if you're an everydayer, you're aware that this Mississippi class is special. It just really is. And Ole Miss needs to do well, even though they haven't been recruiting high school students well in the last couple of years, or at least numerously. Uh, this year is a the year they needed to make an impact in the state of Mississippi, and I think they are. I think, it honestly, it getting Aiden Williams and getting Suntary and Perkins last year kind of springboarded them into this class. And now Jeffrey Rush, Cameron Beavers, Um, You've got one of the players from Picayune and Chris Davis. You can see that they're building up their in-state roster as we speak. So I'm I'm pretty excited about Cameron Beavers and what he can become. Now, let's change gears just a little bit. All right? Let's change gears just a little bit. Nothing major. But if you look at players that Ole Miss is bringing in through the transfer portal, Isaac Ukwu, um, Stefan Wynn. Jamon Gordon is coming back, but he only has one year left. You have a lot of people that are supposed to separate after this year. Don't tell me that Cam Beavers, don't tell me that Jeffrey Rush or Jermonte Waller or Kamarian Franklin does not understand that. And Lane Kiffin's track record of playing true freshmen early, if they're a special player and deserve to be on the field, you've seen it every year of the Lane Kiffin era. It started with Tysheem Johnson. He went to Quinshawn Judkins, it, you know, Davidson, Eggman, Osin. If you can play, they're going to put you on the field. And that's part of the competition. Back whenever I was with Coach O and back in those teams, and they weren't very good, but he had the same philosophy. If you can play, you were going to play. And he was going to give you an opportunity to do it. Now, it's either fish or cut bait or sink or swim. But if the player pulled it off, he was on the field pretty consistently. And I think that is going to be very interesting to see over the next couple of years with players like Cam Beavers, Jeffrey Rush, um, Jamonte Waller if he comes, Kamarian Franklin if he comes. It has a chance to set up that defensive line with a starting unit, the likes of which that Ole Miss hasn't gotten in a recruiting class in a very long time. And we'll see exactly what they can do. But Cameron Beavers out of Bay Springs, Mississippi – my brother-in-law's brother, I, I, like uncle-in-law or whatever, or you know whatever it is, I don't I don't know the relation. But my brother-in-law's brother is like the mayor of Bay Springs, um, so that's that's pretty cool. It seems like I should be able to get some inside information from time to time. I I, I don't know how that's going to particularly go, but I'm excited about Cam Beavers. Six foot three, three hundred and five pounds. Bay Springs High School. Good 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 player. Good player. I'm pretty excited about what he can become. Today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel for the NBA playoffs. but because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Now, I do realize that in the state of Mississippi, it's a brick-and-mortar casino sports gambling sit um, state. I get that. If you want to gamble on sports, you got to go to Philadelphia or Tunica or, or wherever it is sitting on the water. But if you go to Memphis, if you go to Nashville, Jackson, Tennessee, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in that state remotely. If you cross that state line, you're good to go. In Louisiana, it's in New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, Delta, Louisiana, again, cross the state line, it is there. So that's a place you can go and it's a safe and super secure, easy to use app and you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all your playoff action than on America's number one sports book. It's Fanduel.com slash locked on and you can get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to keep going through off-season type stuff. We also have a special guest that if everything goes right, we get to interview tomorrow. So we'll see exactly if that shows up on tomorrow's show as well. We had Jared Ivey scheduled for Tuesday and technology just kind of bit us but he was able to come on on Friday. So I don't want to promise a specific day, but know that there's an interview on the works that you'll be a very um, excited about, and you I think you'll enjoy listening to. So it should be pretty good. Anyway, FPI has released their strength of schedule for the 2023 season. And I'm sitting here looking at this, and the first thing you notice is it's all SEC and Big Ten teams. I mean, you have to get down to, let's see, the first non-SEC team is Texas from the Big 12 at number 12. But you have to remember, they're probably up there because they have to go to Alabama. And then it goes down as, you know, Big 10, SEC, Big 10. There's an independent in there, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at number 19. But that's probably also because they play Big 10 teams. And Georgia Tech, Yellow Jackets, who travels to Georgia. You can see the theme here. It's SEC and Big Ten and the toughest schedules and teams that have to go to SEC schedules or two Big Ten schedules. But it's number one, Ole Miss. They go to Alabama and to Georgia. There's nothing you can get around that. Everybody talking about how tough the schedule is. The, t- the schedule is always tough. The difference that, that Ole Miss has is between sixth and one. Between 10th and 1, we're talking fractions of margins. This is a consistently top 10 strength of schedule that Ole Miss has. So it might be tougher this year because they're number one in the country. It's not like and Miss normally gets an easy schedule. You know, you can have like Mississippi State, and this isn't a shot at Mississippi State at all, but they're 24th. Most every SEC team's in the top 30. Um, the lower end would be Alabama and Georgia because they can't play themselves. But Mississippi State does not really necessarily play a tough Power 5 opponent. They only schedule teams they think they can win. I think they have Arizona or something like that early on in Starkville. So it's a home game on top of everything else. They get to avoid Georgia, so the is going to naturally drop down. That, that's just the way this is. And Vanderbilt, God bless them, 27th strength of schedule. God bless the SEC schedule. So we'll see exactly how that goes, but Ole Miss also has an FPI ranking of 16. If you look at other teams with insane strengths of schedule, you have FBIs of 75, 78, 31, 30, 39, 44. You get the idea of how this goes. So they do think highly of Ole Miss. They do think the schedule is going to be ridiculously hard. And I can honestly say my expectations for Lane Kiffin, whenever he got the contract that is near $9 million, and I think it's in the eights in year one. So we'll go easy on Lane in year one because of how hard the schedule is. His four, his absolute floor, the absolute floor that Ole Miss football can go and not get blowback on is eight and four and that isn't about talent that isn't about anything i believe that whatever number is on the right, on the left side of the coach's salary if he makes over 8 million dollars a year that number is 8 if he makes over 9 that number is 9 because it just needs to be that way if you had a if you had a 6 million dollar contract put it at 6 but he's over 8 we deserve 8 wins give us 8 wins Fix the problems at the end of last season, make this season better. Simple as that. If you can do that, you have a chance to position yourself in the right way for 2024 because we've all talked. Every day is can attest of how important 2024 is for me. The start of the college football playoff expanded edition, um, the SEC's changing. Um, The Big Ten's changing. College football is changing. 2024 is a massive, massive season. And I don't think that needs to be lost on anyone. But if you look at these FPI strength of schedules, it's basically all SEC and all Big Ten teams. And the the other teams that are in there have to go to SEC stadiums or have to play really tough SEC teams or Big Ten teams. So it kind of is what it is. So... If you want to look at the SEC ranks, we'll do that real quick before we get out of here. Number one, Ole Miss. Number three, Florida. Number five, Auburn. Number six, Arkansas. You can see how it goes. See what I'm talking about? Tennessee, number eight. They have to go to Alabama. South Carolina, 11. They get Clemson, believe it or not. So on top of having to play Georgia, they get Clemson as well. There's a formula to this, if you think about it. Kentucky, 13. LSU, 15. Texas A&M, 16. Alabama, 18. They don't have to play Alabama. That's the reason they're down so low. Um, Missouri, 20. Mississippi State, 24. Vanderbilt, 27. And Georgia, 31. Because Georgia doesn't have to play Georgia. So, That is the strength of schedule set up inside the Southeastern Conference for 2023. So understand that, yes, while strength of schedule is always an issue and you're going to pay attention to it, if you have the number one strength of schedule against you, you're going to pay attention to that, even more so than when you have the sixth or the seventh, you kind of just forget those. But the SEC strength of schedule for Ole Miss is always difficult. Add Georgia. This is just what that looks like. This is one game. Otherwise, you you have the same strength of schedule that you normally do. And also, you never really know how these teams are really going to go. If people remember the big game last year and all we were talking about with that Kentucky game, it was all about that Kentucky game. Kentucky came in seventh in the country. I think they finished 6-6 six and six and went to the Music City Bowl and got beaten by Iowa by multiple touchdowns, which is kind of hard to believe. But kind of is what it is. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jaden Kennedy. Who? Jaden Kennedy. He's visiting Ole Miss this um, week, and he is a defensive back transfer from Tulane. So stick around for that. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote the video, and comment down below. We would appreciate it very much. In that comment section, you can on- honestly comment whatever you want because um, we don't generally censor on it unless you're obscene or something like that. If you If you're getting out of hand, we will take it off the comments, but... You can say whatever you want to say. And we got um, somebody in there, Therapy Grime, pops into the comments all the time talking about, hey, he is the contrarian to my podcast. Whatever I say, he wants to put the opposite in the comments. And that's fine. I'm all good with that. So if you want to participate in the conversation, participate in the conversation. All right. We need to talk about Jaden Kennedy. He is a five eleven, 175 cornerback. Out of Tulane. There you go. A member of their Tulane football's defense has entered the transfer portal. Now, you dig into it and you look at stats. And last year you only had 16 tackles and everything. You're like, what, what happened? What happened? Well, this is what happened. If you look at the write-up on the transfer... Defensive back Jaden Kennedy, who started every game in his final two years, or in his two years at Tulane before suffering a serious knee injury in October, tweeted Wednesday he was entering the transfer portal. Kennedy intercepted a pass against Oklahoma in his second snap as a freshman, and he finished the season with 55 tackles, fourth highest on the team. So good player. After started out at Nickelback as a freshman, he moved to cornerback last year and had 14 tackles in seven games before getting hurt late in the fourth quarter against Memphis. He also returned a fumble 56 yards for a touchdown in Tulane's pivotable overtime win against Houston. Now, this is the important part. Sources indicate that Kennedy was unlikely to play next fall because of the severity of his injury. He tore an ACL and a meniscus and had other ligament damage as well. So that's an important thing to realize what's going on. Now, Lane Kiffin talked to Ole Miss fans probably two months ago about the transfer portal, three months ago, and mentioned about how it's important to be able to go out and get depth now. You can find depth in the portal. If you don't need starters and frontline players, which you know everybody's paying attention to that, you can find depth in the portal. And I, this might be... A upside play to where you're trying to find depth. If he injured himself as badly as he thinks, he can medical redshirt this year and be ready for the year two in the Pete Golding scheme, understanding what's going on. So we'll see exactly what happens with Jaden. He's a pretty good player. Here's the write-up that we were telling you about earlier. Um, He's a pretty good player. Um, as you can, as you, as you saw with him intercepting a pass in his second plus snap as a true freshman, um, so he picked off Spencer Rattler. Mm. You know, so he can play at the top end at the SEC level. He's a good player. He is a well-coached player. If you look at Tulane's defense, that is a well-coached defense. So I don't doubt his ability to pick up what's going on and the Jaden Kennedy that was at the height of his game as a freshman in the first part of his sophomore year, coming in and having the ability to do it. It's, a, it's all about whether or not that surgery takes, the recovery is good, and honestly, almost has time to wait. They can burn that red shirt year because John Saunders is sitting back there at free safety. You have Deshaun Gaddy and other cornerbacks that are coming in for one year. Jaden Kennedy can sit. Jaden Kennedy can learn. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go to Ole Miss. But I am going to say that if he did, it wouldn't be the worst decision in the world. Because this, to me, this is just my opinion, is an example of a team using the transfer portal to find depth, just like Lane Kiffin said months ago that he was going to do. And if you look at the defensive line, the defensive line that Ole Miss just went through, it's another example of them finding depth. Because you look at it and you're like, okay, the front line guys are fine. I'm all fired up about that. Cedric Johnson, J.J. Pegues, Josh Harris, Jared Ivey. I'm, I'm cool with that. Now let's find people behind them. And that's what they did. They went out and got Stephon Wynn, Akella Strong, or Stone. Sorry, I keep saying strong. Maybe that's because it's an Ole Miss defense now. Um, Isaac Uku. Those names, all of a sudden you have a two deep on the defensive line. And the defensive line is actually very, very important to pass coverage. If you can't get a pass rush, if you can't affect the quarterback to where he is just having seven on seven out there, your defensive backfield, no matter how good they are, you could have six Senquez Golsons back there. No matter how good they are, they're going to struggle. Since pass rush and defensive back is connected, you have to take care of one. You have to make sure the other has the depth that you can handle. Everybody's going to say, what about linebackers? I just don't see the urgency at linebacker that other people think need to exist. I like what they're doing in the defensive backfield, and I love what they did at defensive line. I'm very, very fired up for what this team can become defensively. And I I do think that it's going to struggle at times just because it's a new system and they're putting in new stuff and they're going to try and figure out ways to do it. And Because Pete Golding, if he has been to Alabama, which he has been for five years, which means his defensive system and his ideas, there's been ideas taken from what Nick Saban does and put into his system. That's just the way this works. That's called a coach growing. Well, understand that Nick Saban runs a very complicated defensive system. And if that's the case, there could be a time, a little buffer period to learn at the beginning of the season. And this isn't a year to where Central Arkansas and all that just, it goes for seven games where you have time to get right. You got Alabama and LSU in September. You got to get right earlier. But we'll see exactly how they do it. I'm, I'm like I said, I am pretty fired up about what this defense could become. They are doing what they need to do. Like I said, offensively, they still need a wide receiver one. They still need that. But defensively, they're making moves to where the offensive stuff doesn't have to be as explosive to win. Two weeks ago, this defense, this offense had to be essentially Tennessee. 2022 to win. To win big. When I say win, to hit that four of eight games. How about that? Now, the offense doesn't have to quite be as good because the defense is going to be better. And we're probably going to see this defense, like I've told you many times, and my everydayers can attest to this, that they're going to struggle in certain areas just because they're a new defense, but they're going to be Good in certain areas. I don't know if it's going to be red zone. I don't know if it's going to be turnovers, but they're going to do something that makes this kind of work. And you're going to see this defense flash. And while this season is going on, the player personnel office that has been built at Ole Miss is going to be looking at other players around the country to try and figure out who the quick fixes need to be And also mix with the young players that are coming in through the transfer portal. Like, you don't know exactly how Sontarian Perkins is going to do. You're expecting him to do really well. I mean, that's just, he's just a freak athletically. He just is what he is. But, if there's a learning curve. That gives you an idea of what they'll do with Cam Beavers, with Jeffrey Rush. If they get a Camarion Franklin, if they get a Jamonte Waller, might be a little bit slower. We don't know what Pete Golding's opinions are on young defenders. Alabama's had five stars all over the field for five years. What did he do at UTSA? That, that, that is the question. I know schematically what he did at USA I was pretty fired up about. And now with the pieces that are getting in place at Ole Miss on defense, honestly I'm getting pretty fired up about it now. But for this defense to be the best it can be, it's going to take some things going well. It's going to take some things that may not go well going well. And if that happens, they have a chance to be a good defense. They genuinely do. But if injuries hit, if Sontarian doesn't pick up the scheme as quickly as possible, things like that, it's, it's a sliding scale of that defense dropping down. I think the ceiling of this defense is in the 40s. I think the floor of this defense is in the 80s. I think they're going to do well in either red zone or turnovers. And you're going to have a defense, honestly, that you can be proud of. We talked to Jared Ivey over the weekend. He talked about it. So I am pretty fired up about what this defense could be. Cam Beavers coming in, Jeffrey Rush. I do think one of Kamarian Franklin and Jamonte Waller will probably also join them. If that happens, you're in good shape. You're in really good shape. And Pete Golden has proven a little bit. He played the kid out of Columbia that was like 360-pound defensive lineman as a true freshman on the defensive line. So he'll play them if they're good enough. But they need to be good enough. And they're recruiting like it needs to be good enough. So that's something you can keep an eye on as well. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Special interview potentially. Um tune in with that. That's it's a big moment in the Lockdown On this podcast. And this is even after Jared Ivey came on the show as well. So tune in for that and we will um kind of get to know a certain segment of our athletic department. How about that? That's that's a way to not give it away. But it's a pretty cool interview. So tune in for that, and hopefully technology will not get us, and it'll be there tomorrow. But anyway, I will talk to you tomorrow. I'll be here regardless, and we'll continue talking about Ole Miss football because we do that every day and other stuff around Ole Miss athletics. Anyway, hotty toddy.